0: You are listening to the Mary Jane Society Podcast, brought to you by Studio 420, a cannabis-friendly marketing agency.
1: I'm Pam Schmiel, host of the Mary Jane Society Podcast and marketing and PR specialist in the cannabis industry. Today we get to meet Ben Gilbert, a former journalist and editor at the Business Insider newspaper before he burned out on the work and pivoted to cannabis to start his own media company called All Caps. He now specifically works with the legacy market in New York. Ben said that All Caps is not only a media agency that produces events, ghostwriting, marketing, and public relations, but sort of an incubator or accelerator program that helps the person growing weed to be a person who's operating a legitimate company. Ben kicked off all caps last year with the inaugural New York Growers' Cup that was featured in the New York Times. Ben also gives us a recap of his trip to Barcelona for Spanibus. Lots to talk about. Let's meet Ben.
2: Thanks, Ben, for inviting me over to your workspace here at Work and Roll. We, we, we call
0: it the office a lot. Are you going to the office tomorrow? Okay. That kind of thing.
2: It's the office for for cannabis companies here in New York City. Okay, cool. Well, actually, I would I would like just a quick background on how you did come to the cannabis industry and why you how you landed in the New York Growers Cup.
0: Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, my background is not in. Uh, the cannabis industry frankly like i i other than selling some weed when i was uh you know just after high school or something uh in very small quantities and it's long past legal liability at this point i can just talk about it freely um but uh other than that i've never been you know i'm not like a legacy person i'm not a grower i'm not a Trapper, as they're known, any of those things. And I, I would not claim to be. My whole background is in, in media and in journalism. I was a journalist for the last 13 years, 12 years uh, before this. And uh, my last job was at Business Insider for seven plus years, uh, helping to build that. And, um, you know, I spent a long time intentionally as a career in, in media. I, I have a degree in journalism, et cetera, et cetera. And it was my passion for a long time. And it's something that uh, I really enjoyed. And then at a certain point, I felt like I was, you know, creatively burning out to an extent, um, and felt like I was really like focusing more on like how can I, you know, drive readership rather than write something that I care about or dig into something I really care about. And I was I was doing a little reporting on cannabis, but mostly like broader business reporting and stuff like that. And so, like, I I decided, like, I really wanted to dig into something that I'm really passionate about. Like, what had led me to journalism originally was passion for stuff like technology and and video games and and legalization was coming online in New York. And I've been doing a little coverage of it. And, like, it just seemed like there was a lot of opportunity to do something right now here where a place that I live and that I know well and that I love. And like,
2: So so you decided to leave uh, journalism and then you... How did you come across the chance to form or work with people on the New York Growers' Cup? What, what is what is the New York Growers' Cup, I guess? Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, I left my job last May in May 2022 and uh, spent, like, a month, like, thinking, essentially. Like, I want to do something in Canada. What am i going to do. Um, and figured out that I wanted to start a company uh, focusing on, uh, you know, like, helping to for lack of a better term, like, professionalized or, like, corporatized people who otherwise didn't have the ability to, like, you know, write uh, applications to the government necessarily with the help of an editor or people who might need to uh, work out a marketing plan or to... Mm just develop a bureaucracy of a company, any number of things that you might need to do as somebody who's going from like a person growing weed to a person who's operating a company. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the kind of work that my company, all caps does. uh, And it's why I started the company in June of last year. Um, And soon after starting that company, uh, I was very lucky to meet and start working with a number of talented growers, uh, the collector, uh, Sensei Cultivation, and Dr. Dankenstein, all based in New York, who helped to form the New York Grower's Cup with me, which is a competition that we do. Uh, it started last year, and it will be running it annually once a year um, in the uh, like November, December time range is when we... So we
2: is that kind of what it's...
0: That's sort of it. It's that's definitely part of it okay. is that it would be accommodating for people who are growing outdoors who want to be participating. It would certainly allow for that. But we, are, we take all growers from New York, whether you're indoor, outdoor, greenhouse, whatever you are. Uh, we're happy to have you be part of it. It's just anybody who's growing legally or illegally in New York, it's not about that. Cause obviously we're still in this gray area where like indoor cultivation has not come online in terms of regulation, outdoor and greenhouses uh, is, is allowed, but it's only allowed in in for people who had previously had hemp licenses. Right. So there's like a conditional licensing period right now for, for cultivation. And so there's just kind of like, we're in a weird limbo moment right now, frankly. I
2: didn't know there were separate licenses for indoor and outdoor.
0: Most I mean, I
2: know that all the hemp farmers turned over to THC, right. and I know that they, and I, I, think I, I saw that they were, they were, the, the government, the state was forcing them to make a decision if they want to do indoor as well. So
0: is that two separate licenses? They're separate licenses. There's
2: yeah. Separate licenses. And
0: there's even more than that. There's other licenses yeah. that discriminate between types of indoor. So if you're growing like in a large facility indoor versus if you're micro cultivating is what it's known as, which allows for some sort of vertical integration where you can have like a dispensary yeah. that's your own, as well as a uh, grow operation, as well as a processing operation. Yeah. Like you can own the, the entire business. Whereas if you own like a large scale grow, you can't, you can only operate a large scale grow and you can distribute to dispensaries, which are separate and those licenses are distinct. So you can't own dispensary licenses as well as indoor cultivation licenses. At least that's how the legislation right now is intentionally written, Mm -hmm. whether or not people figure out loopholes around that, which they inevitably will, that's another conversation, but that has yet to happen.
2: Wait. So we don't have any indoor licenses right now. Correct. Well, then how are they going to meet the demand for this next round of? Or I guess they. Oh no, they have enough because there's no stores open. <laughs> the, the,
0: these are exactly the yeah the situation. So
2: about that, actually, right? <laughs> They're sitting on three hundred thousand pounds of weed. Yes, and, and no as you to sell it. That's
0: imagine, great. if you had three hundred thousand pounds of garlic that was sitting in storage, yeah, and ten months later, do you want to eat that garlic? To kill vampires yeah i want to kill vampires with it maybe maybe but you <laughs> but uh you right. know like i feel like that's a i don't it's it's a general way of thinking about it i don't mean it's that direct of a comparison but it's to some extent like it's vegetation right like right. you don't want to right it's right. it's got a shelf life and it's right it's not i know i know. You
2: know it is a big problem it's it's yeah we're 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 crashing towards the wall.
0: (laughs) It it matters. I I say this because a lot of the stuff that people are smoking generally is like it's older. It's like it's been stored improperly, and a lot of times it doesn't have a strong smell, doesn't have strong taste. It's been, it's it's the stuff that people don't even realize that they're smoking is is not very good, or it's been kept poorly, or any number of other things that leads to them smoking weed that like they don't even it doesn't have any flavor, doesn't have any taste. It's like it's. It's a bummer, and really good local weed doesn't that doesn't have that problem for the most part, right? Like,
2: right, right. It it
0: matters how you grow it. It matters all these other things. But like, generally speaking, if you're if you're buying stuff that's fresh and local, it it tends to be better. And that's like it's a it's something that I really it's why I like to work with growers a lot. It's why I support the microcultivation licensing a lot. It's like the concept of like smaller batch and Mm -hmm. and uh, more localized, regionalized cannabis growing I think is like a really important part of the cannabis industry or should be a really important part of the cannabis industry yeah. and especially could be here in New York like the legislation is written for it mm-hmm.
2: so um anyway
0: okay. to talk about the growers cup excuse yes. me yes so, yes, yes, say, yes no to, to actually discuss the growers cup yes. uh, the growers cup came about as a means of uplifting the growing community here that doesn't really have The ability to come out of the closet, quote-unquote, yeah, it was like, well, we can talk to the OCM, the state, and we can figure out, like, let's make this safe so that people can actually talk about this and come out and show their flower and start working towards licensing. And the state wants that. They want to work with people who are growers. They want people to convert from the traditional market, quote-unquote, or the black market or the illegal market or whatever you want to call it, to the legal market. And the best way for them to do that is to ingratiate themselves with the existing growers, the legacy growers, and convert them over as best as possible in a way that is hopefully accessible for as many people as possible. And so part of that in what we were doing with the Grower's Cup is that we worked with them right out of the gate to ensure the safety yeah. of anybody who's entering. So like, yes, they're illegal. You're doing something quote unquote illegal, but like, it's because there's no licensing yet, even though right. it's legal, mar- like legalizations happened, right? So like. There so, should be some flexibility, and they were flexible, and so that that was the first step.
2: So you partnered with the OCM? To, oh no, you just you just consulted with them, or just talked to them about it? I reached out. Yeah, reached out and just said, "Hey, this is we want to highlight them. We want to put them on your radar." Basically,
0: essentially, I said, "You know, look, like I introduced myself first and foremost. They'd already had some of a, somewhat of a relationship with at least one of my partners." Uh, because he had reached out previously at the OCM just because he's a grower and wants to have a relationship with the state because he wants to go legal. Um, but I reached out directly and had a meeting and sat down and explained the concept of the cup and explained what we were trying to do and said, like, basically, they said, like, what do you want from us? And I said, like, I want you to make sure that nobody gets arrested. And they like, of course. Oh, oh Like, we can make sure nobody gets arrested. Like, that's easy. Like, we can say, like, yes, we're not going to prosecute you for this. I'm like, great. And so eventually what we asked was for them to present an award. And they did. They showed up and they, you know, were at the event, friendly, talking to growers, bringing other, bring. they brought a few different people, you know, they brought, Dashita Dawson came, the New York City czar, the campus czar. And the idea is to really, you know, say like, look, like we're here, we're going to talk to you. We want to show face. We want to show up and, and meet you and be friendly and not to be this adversarial thing. And so that was really important that we had the buy-in. In that sense right it's it's like we don't expect them to be cheerleading necessarily if people who are doing something like Belieble. it's technically illegal still right. but like at the same time we i i think um, i do expect yeah. them to and they have been to their credit um you know respondent to uh, you know uh, uh inroads or, or communication just generally like they they seem to be like at least open to conversate conversating with growers directly and trying to Make it happen. The mentorship program is another good example of this, where there's like some 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 level of like we're trying to onboard people. Do you know the mentorship program? No, still? what is? Is it? the the I believe it's known as the Canvas Compliance and Training Mentorship Program, the CCTM. Oh. And that uh is a program that you could apply for as a grower or a processor in the state. And uh, it's a six, maybe ten week program that with a few different colleges and you take oh. classes, and you work with one of the licensed currently licensed uh, growers. And anyway, the, the idea of the program is really as a means of you know saying like we know who you are. We know you're a grower. We, and when licensing comes online, you know we know you've been through this program it doesn't uh, mean you're getting a license but it's like we know you're a grower at very least right we have that base level of vetting you already so we can take the next steps maybe maybe faster hopefully something like that mm-hmm. i don't know that they can legally do that but like i, I think that's the idea right right, right and right. it's it's at very least it's a gesture towards like we want to onboard people we want to work with people we want to figure it out yeah um with existing growers rather than trying to i don't know prosecute people who are Trying to continue doing what they're doing. Right. Thank you. You're good. You're good. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh
2: no no. So um, so you mentioned that, and I wanted to get um to your new company um to hear more about your new company All Caps, which is a cannabis media company. So you're saying when you started that last June, the idea was to help um, uh legacy growers uh, get into the market helping using your business um your business smarts your writing to do business plans or marketing plans or whatever so that's kind of basic and how did you and how did you uh, how did you start meeting people and just putting this out there if you just
0: showing up i think is really the number one it's like going to a lot of events there's a lot of events in new york and there's a lot of you have to kind of filter through what matters there's a lot of not very good events but then there's some that you know you'll meet actual growers at you'll meet people who are doing something that's like unique or interesting i think that like there's a a example of one in white plains that's really great it's the smoke and roll happens once a month that's run by growers i mean it's run by the park my partners in the growers cup so i should probably say that also
2: yes yeah they're they're very
0: good at that but like um that that's the the collector and the collector stash and sensei cultivation um they run an event there once a month that's like very grower focused and it's like a it's very community focused like there's like a a jujitsu competition that happens during oh, i shouldn't take competition but there's there's that's why it's called the smoke and roll the rolling mm-hmm. is the, the jujitsu
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but a lot of people come out for that and then some people come out for the weed part of it and some people come out for both and everybody comes and hangs out and smokes with each other and it's very friendly and like there's a food truck and it's uh, you know it's cool. like a and saturday standing, afternoon They're
2: different and, so is, is 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 the New York Rowers Club aiming to be like the East Coast uh, Emerald Emerald yeah. Cup? I mean, that's the only one I've ever heard of, and I don't know if there's differences. I haven't been to any cups, but
0: we're only we're just trying to be the East Coast New York. Oh, just New York, Cup.
2: That's it. Okay. So the Emerald. Is no, I Canada, mean, I felt like they were more like the West Coast.
0: I think what I would say is Perfect. I've never been to the Emerald Cup, and I've heard very good things about it, and that I when we were looking into categories, when we were looking into figuring out, you know, like how best to categorize different things, like I definitely looked to the Emerald Cup as one of the places for like, oh, what do they do? Yeah. Like what? How does it work there?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that said, like, are we trying to, I don't want to try to emulate anybody else's thing, right? And I don't mean that to say like, we're our own thing. Ah, like, it's not like that. I, I, I think that it's cool that the Emerald Cup exists and I hope that there are more great competitions. Like the... The idea with the New York Grower's Cup has always been from the beginning just to really lift up New York growers specifically because so much of the New York market has been distribution focused forever. Mm, New York City is a distribution market and that's fine, but a lot of times what we end up getting is older, less good versions of weed from other places that they either couldn't sell there or didn't care enough to sell there. And I would rather smoke great local weed that's being grown here. Yeah. And there's plenty of people doing it. And so that's really the goal from the beginning and continues to be the goal. Like, uh, it's something that, like, uh, the example I've been giving a lot about this in terms of just like that the focus that matters to me the most is on that is like, I like hash a lot, right? We were talking about hash earlier. Hash is great. I really love hash. And a lot of people said, like, people are like, you guys, should, you're going to add like hash? That would be really cool if you added hash. And I like, I love hash. I would love to do it to that. But also, like, it's the growers' cup. Like yeah. it's a grower focused thing. Right. And it should focus on that. Like I think I think a hash competition would be great. I hope somebody does a really good one. But we should not, we should focus on what we chose to focus on. Like that's the point.
2: Why is it that it seems like you only can get, yeah, West Coast or, you know, Mexico back in the day. If we have so many growers in the city, why aren't they why aren't they being distributed out? Well, there's a
0: few different reasons. I think the primary reason is price, Here, I'll trade Radio. Is that a lot of? There's such a high volume of product being produced in places like California or Oklahoma or Michigan oh, that man. they have lower prices overall on pounds that they can sell it for, and so people get higher margins on packs from those on pounds from those places.
2: Even traveling, and even with even with the cost of transportation, it's still cheaper.
0: Vastly. But uh, the other side of this is also just volume, like the volume of. Cannabis being produced in New York state still is not high. Like even the people who are producing the highest volumes here are not producing super uh, high volumes comparatively with places like California or Michigan or the people here don't have warehouses where they're growing oh, weed.
2: Infrastructure. Oh, the, oh, infrastructure the infrastructure is infrastructure not here oh, yeah. oh. in
0: Oklahoma and California and places like that. There's like whole warehouses of weed being grown here. There's a few places doing that, like medical places that are doing that. For the Most part, there's nobody doing that most of it throws here in the houses and Right, because to have a facility that overhead is, doesn't make sense to do it inside the city so a lot of people do have houses in like massachusetts or in the northeast close
2: to the city but not directly in the city there's very few actual right what about but what about well okay, okay. right really how about like still. new jersey connecticut i mean so they're just going out into the, just up, the neighboring states
0: this or upstate doesn't make sense that oh yeah yeah, sure. yeah. So oh some right it, some right. of it's oh, in new jersey right. some of it's in long island some of it's in upstate okay so it's but
1: i,
2: I guess local, connecticut. still locally grown i guess is what i'm saying so Definitely. it's more about the, the, i mean the, the growers
0: in the growers' cup were all specifically in new york state right so we we did that was our one stipulation so for the growers cup the 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 strict stipulation was that you are growing in new york state specifically
2: okay like the soil of new york state
0: i mean i wouldn't say the store because some of it's indoor or whatever but like it's really just like if you could have a license here because the idea is is always for like it's not just about like we're not trying to say like let's just go wild and have this be just like a I I don't know. Like we, there's a
2: purpose to the point is
0: for to go towards legalization, right? Like the point is to enable people to start businesses and have something that allows them to be on record, above board. Like I, in my bones, I don't think it makes any sense for weed to be illegal, right? Like it's a very stupid thing to me, and so it's it's something that on, like I don't understand the concept of it being illegal. Basically, like it doesn't make logical sense to me, and so as a result. Uh, like, I, I want all of these people who are doing something that is, I understand, considered illegal to be just able to do something that is just like a normal thing that they're already doing, frankly, like most of these people are just operating normal businesses, they have kids, they have families, like,
2: but they're trying like to pay mortgages, it,
0: whatever, yeah. right? It's it's, it's, it's nothing crazy. These aren't like you know, people shipping pounds across state lines and, oh, you know, and right. buying million dollar homes and whatever. It's right. like a bunch of normal people trying to mom do and stuff.
2: It's mom every, and
0: almost every grower I know is like a mom and pop, basically.
2: Yes. And then also, that's a really big distinction that I definitely want to make uh, in the opening of the show is that All Caps, your, your media company, and the uh, New York Growers Cup is almost like an incubator for legacy growers to. Uh, to to launch into the legal market. That's the idea.
0: Yeah, very that's much. A very- we're trying to convince people, people to go like, legal, like it's for their sake, yeah. not because I, I I just because it's easier to live your life that way. Right. Not because I am. I, yes. I don't know. I don't really. I the law. I, I I continue to feel like it just doesn't. It's it's ridiculous. Like I don't know how else to put that. Like I think right. that it's preposterous that weed is illegal. I don't know how. I I have no like. And there's a caveat, like it's just preposterous. But I so think it's I, great
2: to be known uh, to anyone who's thinking about wanting to get into the legal channel. Um, it's very intimidating. It's it's against the grain of what they've been doing, you know, their whole lives. Yes. You know, so to to have some sort of mentorship, some sort of incubator accelerator, I think is a really cool angle to go in on. So uh the categories. Um what what, what you were saying that you were trying to decide which categories. Yeah. Um yeah I mean
0: something we we def- we looked at did previous places for uh for for different ideas on that and we really decided to go with something that was a little bit more like uh flavor focused I guess like there's this concept of like indica and sativa and, and mix and like that's I think the market understanding of that is that like an indica is something that gives you like a, like a stony stone. And you're like a, kind of like a, like a couch lock stoned, And that like a sativa gives you like an up high and more creative and more energetic. And that I think is mostly marketing. Like a lot of what is interesting to me about cannabis is like different flavor profiles, different impacts it might have in terms of like, does it have like a mouth coating effect? Is there like a, a really like sweet flavor to it? Is it really like, uh, is it really hazy, like a really strong haze? Like, I also find that hazes give me that, like, up high that people talk about with, like, a sativa high, quote-unquote. So, all of which is to say, we ended up going with more, like, terpene-focused concepts, right? And we didn't use, like, the the strict scientific terms for the terpenes that are in cannabis, um, but the idea was more to go like a flavor idea, uh, uh, with with more of the like. Uh, oh, these like, is like lemon
2: versus. Uh, like these are
0: like fruity types of weed. These are like gassy types of weed. Like there's more of a gas flavor profile. There's more of a fruit flavor profile. Um, and I think this year we'll go even harder in that in that regard. We'll change some of the categories to to fit that stuff. So the five categories we had for the first year were gas. Uh, we had exotic slash rare, Um, we had uh, fruit, we had a haze category, and then we had an other category, and I felt it was really important, we had a haze category, because New York is really associated with hazes, that's like a very specific to the northeast region, and very specific to New York City, uh, is haze, and also sours are also really associated with New York, Um, and that's probably something we should have a category for this year, hopefully we should do that.
2: What's well, the haze? Why is New York? Why is New York like a good? The okay. haze right here. In spot. Okay, this is what haze. Okay, is what it's like. It's like um, we call it pithy, but it's like <laughs>
0: it's
2: getting educated here.
0: It's very distinct. Mm. very distinct. What would you describe that it's like so Jack Terps?
2: Interesting. say Jack Terps, but I,
0: said uh, a, uh, I say it's
2: And want to say it lemony or citrusy Let's or... think so yeah it
0: smells delicious Ugh. which one is that Cheese salad okay
2: that, oh okay that has a pet of nice sweet i don't know i you know i that's just
0: whatever you smell you don't have to tell me i'm not it's oh, not it's that's fine interesting
2: too unique right it's almost it's, not, it's like what is that
0: like maybe grapefruit
2: Oh. Oh, grapefruity very grapefruity that's a
0: grapefruit sour
2: yeah, yeah. you know I'll tell you, down the road this is going to be there's I, it's going to be so exciting when you know you go to the, the tastings and yeah you know learning it's it's like a wine tasting right and we're doing a tasting
0: a event food. this saturday really yeah here in the city at metrobud lounge it's at uh, 91 Allen Street. So it's just below uh, Houston on Allen. His name is, his, his brand name is Bushwhacker. His name is Steve. Okay. Uh, but he grows in Staten Island as well. Uh, and he's doing a tasting event for four different, we're called phenos of the same strain.
2: Really? And so
0: it's, you get one of each and you taste through each of them. And then you submit your, which one you like the most. And that's like the people's keeper. And he'll keep that one. He'll grow out more of that. Mm-hmm yeah
2: like really so you mean like sniffing smoking just
0: t- however you'd like yeah oh. you'll get four different jars okay that are labeled one through four okay. and then you can smoke through them and they're all the same strain but they're different phenos of the same strain so he po- he grew different seeds
2: uh-huh. of
0: each it's all the same strain but they're different seeds of each So those are called phenos and you taste through those and then you keep those those are called that's a keeper do you know do you understand do you know what i'm talking about when i say like concept like phenos or like hunting do you know what hunting is
2: well, I mean, I've heard of people hunting phenols looking for specific uh, a specific breed or a specific strain. Is that, is that right? Um,
0: so the terminology would be like a strain. like Let's say he grew a strain MAC-1, right? So let's say he had 10 seeds that are all MAC-1 seeds. And that's the strain. The strain is MAC-1. Okay. Each of those 10 seeds is a pheno. Uh, the phenotype is the oh, idea, right? It's like an so it's it's like a a individual a, genetic, genetic, genetic character character expression of that it's strain. Not
2: going to they're not obviously all duplicates so. oh, they're so all the same like, strain, but
0: they all express themselves genetically differently. Oh,
2: so yeah. those are all the, the
0: each phenotypic yeah. dis- expression is 1 through 10. So that's like, you'd have MAC-1-1, MAC-1-2, MAC-1-3, MAC-1-4, whatever. Yes, yes. And those will all be the different phenotypes of that MAC-1 strain. And so if you do, in this case of this this Saturday, the strain is surebanger crossed with gelato. And so there's one through four of the phenos from that strain. And you taste through all of those. And they're all that strain, but they all taste a little different because they're all different phenos. Yes. And sometimes it's like very dramatic. Like some of them will taste like, very lemony and wonderful taste, like cake. And you're like, that's the same weed. Like it's, right. it's completely different. It's wild. And that's how well, new strains develop.
2: I'm sorry. So now that I understand that, that he's going to do one strain, but five phenos. four phenos, You said yep. one strain, four phenos. That's yep. cool. It's really
0: cool. Right. I think it's, I love it. I love that idea. I'm perusing the I, event. I'm, I'm all that. <laughs> I'm very big fan. That.
2: It just took me a minute to get the concept oh that is a cool cool
0: and so the idea is you pay one ticket price it's a hundred dollars and okay. you get eight grams total which is a decent amount of weed and but it's two grams of each of the strength of each phenol and so you have enough that you could like if you wanted to take like a, a few bowl packs of it and then maybe roll a joint or whatever you wanted to do yeah and you could roll one big joint you could do whatever you want yeah,
2: yeah. so you're basically going to buy this but then you it's but then it's, it's, it's at a lounge and the
0: grower there there's like yeah there's,
2: you're learning about, it's a learning it's yeah an event. No, it's, you come hang out that's this the idea is what i mean this is the kind of this is the kind of stuff or that's those are the kind of events right. that are going to become this is how varied. people learn
0: about this stuff right exactly. this is how we expect, You were asking about like other communities it's like that's how you i try to invite my friends who are from my background in media from my, my wife works in the department of transportation like i try to get friends from that world yeah, like true. try yeah. to bring in people who are outside of this to be like Come see like it's you'll have a different experience with cannabis than when you grew up like it's totally different
2: Yes, it's like going
0: to like a wine event it's like whatever like any of that going to i love i like i like love microbrewery beer beer, and like going to a microbrewery and learning about the beer learning about how they how they make it like all that it's like it's fun like it's not like something i do every weekend but it's something i do sometimes Yes, Yes. and it's fun
2: yeah
0: and i'll spend a little more than i normally do on it and whatever like because it's a good time
2: like yeah Yeah.
0: anyway it's experiential
2: um okay so I guess um so who won the competitions? Yeah. Yeah. We had five done... different winners. Okay. And you've only across... done one so far, right? Yeah,
0: we had one one growers cup it was in the, on December 3rd last year. Okay. And we had five winners. Okay. Um what we did was we have, you know, three a top 3 in each of the five categories and then we have one, you know, first place winner who gets a trophy and they get some prizes. Um and so the first place winner in each category was uh, a complete like array of different people. It was really wonderful. So in the gas category, we had the Godmother's Garden, um, which is led by a young woman who grows in Brooklyn, who is very talented. Um, we had uh, in the haze category uh, that was won by Buds and Such, uh, a longtime legacy grower, also a longtime graffiti artist and a famous graffiti artist who goes by Such. Um, this the tag is Such, um, and then uh in our other category won by upstate by a uh, very talented young grower named rocco the funny man uh who is up in near like rochester area um the uh winner in our exotic slash rare category was run by a uh long time uh, uh like let's say like 10 year long time he's like medium veteran in, in in the cannabis industry uh od od trees out of mount vernon so just outside of the city um, and then in our fruit category, that was won by Epiphany New York, who are out of Queens. Uh, and they're like, not only are they longtime growers, but they're also like long time like involved in like the hydro uh, hydro game, like in the uh, hydro uh, store. Like they they own a hydro store. They they're like, anyway, they're 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 very deeply involved in the cannabis industry in a long in a long term way, which is really. Great to see. Yeah. Uh, but we had five across uh, all five categories, of wow. course. And all five of them actually were doing uh an event on April twentieth on 420 mm-hmm. at uh SOB's in uh Tribeca, the longtime music venue, uh, where Jada Kiss will be performing. And uh it's a concert, but also uh we'll have the latest drops from all five of those growers at the event that will be available for the attendees to try out. Um, And some of our big sponsors from California will also have have flour there and they'll be doing like a cross coastal collaboration where you can kind of like get some flour from each of them at like one price. And it will be like in the spirit of collaborating with the larger American cannabis industry with like really uniting the coasts and trying to bring craft together. So that's really the idea.
2: That's really cool. Wow, you're doing a lot of really cool events.
0: The most I'm trying to do is trying to make the connection as much as possible, right? I'm trying to bridge the gap as much as possible between the state and growers and trying to enable the communication to be as open as possible, trying to make it so that you know, people who have criticisms that are totally valid, like on the grower' side, a lot of times are not necessarily heard by the state because there aren't necessarily relationships there. And so trying to help to bridge that as much as possible is like really important is very important to me, and to try to do that as as much as I can right now in the meantime, because, yeah, licensing is not online yet. What I've been telling growers right now, largely is just to try to and what the state would say, I think, as well, is to try to prepare yourselves as best as possible, right? Like yeah. try to get yourself in this Good of a financial situation as you can try to get yourself uh really set up for you know having lawyers having accountants having yourself as lined up as possible to be in operation as a business try to figure out what you need to do to have be in compliance with whatever osha and stuff like that in as as insofar as you can there's lots of stuff that you just won't be able to do until there's regulation you won't there's nothing you can do about it but
2: so you know what? Let's end this on. Um, can you give us a recap of your um, kind of span of this? Oh yeah. I was so jealous. I'm like, I was. I thought I really thought to make an effort to go to that. It seems like such. A oh, great it's experience. incredible. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. I mean, the
0: content content opportunities for somebody like you are oh. immense.
2: Oh, really? Immense. <laughs> like, oh, because of yeah. just all the things that people are doing.
0: Yes, but also the people who are there and, like, everything. Like, there's just so many people to talk to. It was like, I met Spanish growers. I met Swiss growers. I met people who the Spanish market is such that uh, there are – cannabis is not, like, outright legal. So, first and foremost, let me say, cannabis is a very long-running – Thing, so it's like the nineteenth one, I believe oh, I went to. Yes, and it's an annual thing, and it's on like a fairgrounds. Like it's on, it's a, it's spread out across like a few different tents that are very large. Like it's like whole convention halls, um and there's like food in between and, and stuff like that. So it's like a large. It feels like you're at like a festival. Oh, um, and there was it's a thirty thousand person fest event across three days. It's like, and it's affordable. It's like 50 bucks or less a person, something like that. It's not a, a, a something you, it's it's not inaccessible. Okay. So I th- I think that's also important though, because it's a it's more of like a cultural event. It's not like an MJ BizCon or something like that, where it's much, that's like very corporate. And I, I don't mean that necessarily as a pejorative, although like kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I think is really underrepresented in cannabis events largely is like, cultural events like there should be more cultural events like i think that's like something i really pride myself on with the growers cup and future events we do is that Mm -hmm. there'll be cultural events like it should be there should be an opportunity for business to be done i don't mean there shouldn't be but like cultural events matter to me a lot i think that you don't get that a lot and cannabis is that like it's Mm -hmm. probably the industry's best as far as can tell cultural event and i say that from A place of somewhat ignorance. I don't want to say that that that's a fact because I haven't been to plenty of things. I haven't been to Emerald Mm -hmm. Cup. I haven't been to E Clash and whatever. Plenty of things. There's plenty of things to go to that I'm sure I'm sure that are great. And I don't I don't want to throw any of those under the bus. I do mean to say though that Spanibus is somebody who's been to, you know, I spent my life covering e3 uh, the largest video game convention in the world every year and i'd go to gamescom every year this huge video Mm. game convention in germany it's like the same thing it's like a festival it's like a week long it's Mm. they have hundreds of thousands of people go to that like i've been to i've covered a lot of large trade shows and spanibus is a trade show ostensibly like there's booths you walk by people some people buy things like whatever there's a lot of people there for scenes etc etc but generally speaking it's like it's a cultural event and that's Mm. like it's it's an amazing huge cultural event that I hope more people experience because it's something that, like, is, it it was, I came back from it, like, uh, evangelizing to everybody, I know, like, we need to show up next year, like, it's no joke, like, it's worth going, it's really worth going, like, it's, like, beyond the amazing convention itself, which is very cool and worth going to, and we're seeing, there's also the events that surround it, where that happen all week leading up to it, which are all very cool by themselves. And then there's also the fact that you're in Barcelona, which is amazing and it's a beautiful yeah. ancient city that, mm-hmm. you know, was like a Roman colony and all these other things. Mm. But beyond that, there's the clubs that are all over Barcelona. Like that are the way that Barcelona works is that it's there's there's private clubs everywhere that are essentially like I don't know, like kind of like nicer versions or like I don't want to say nicer versions, larger versions, bigger, more expanded out versions of Amsterdam's coffee shops. Uh-huh. They're a little bit more uh, they're a little bit more behind closed doors than Amsterdam's coffee shops. Like Amsterdam's pretty wide open about it. Whereas in Barcelona, it's like a frosted door and it's like, it's labeled like a private social club. Like, but they're everywhere. And they're really, a lot of them are beautiful. Like they're nice, they serve food, they have, they have beer, people are playing chess. Like it's amazing. It's it's like another universe. Like it's like a vision of what New York City could be, frankly. Like it's it's the future of like, The future of lounges is is, already exists right now in barcelona it's incredible like it's they they have they'll have dispensaries in them that it's all by the gram so it's intended to be like on site like you're not buying 20 grams of anything because it would be a waste of money it's too it would be too expensive but if you'd like to buy three or four grams and sit there and hang out for a while and smoke some weed with friends and whatever like it's really built for that Mm. and It's great. Like, you can sample a little bit here, a little bit there. Each club has its own suppliers, its own growers. Like, it's like restaurants. It's amazing. It's amazing.
2: Like the chefs of the restaurant. It's sensible.
0: Yeah. It's like a whole other universe, though. It's like a a, a completely different cannabis culture as a result. It's fascinating and worth experiencing. And it's like a city purpose-built, though, for cannabis events, because there's spaces everywhere that are weed-friendly that already operate. That know what they're doing it's amazing
2: you don't even hear about spain going legal i mean it's not i don't
0: because it's not really it's like home grow is legal as far as i know and i you please fact check this because i have no idea how actually i've been told that the home grow situation is like they encourage home grow and that's fine and that consuming in your home is fine consuming in these clubs is fine don't consume it on the street don't carry it on your person
2: oh okay
0: And so it's like restrictive, but not. It's a very weird thing. So I had no problem going and consuming in these lounges and hanging out. But like no one, you don't smell weed on the street. Like we live in New York City. You smell weed on the street everywhere all the time. 100% of the time, like all day.
2: Like, you know, it's
0: like it felt like weird not smelling weed ever, like ever. And I I should also say I used to live in Barcelona. I went to college in Barcelona for a year in 2006. So I then there was no clubs and it smelled like weed all the time. So like I, it's blo- it's wild that they managed to bottle it and put it into gloves. But like it's Barcelona, like a laid back place. Like it's like not a place that I so like people drink outside all the time. Like people drinking nine in the morning. Like it's not like a
2: right.
0: I don't know. It's not a place I associate with chastity. And so like it's very strange to see that they're like, all right, well, just already only smoke weed in clubs. Like, but apparently the police are very strict about it now and i didn't have any bad experiences it was very positive yeah no police came after me i walked around stoned all the time whatever it's fine but uh yeah i've heard that that's the way it is but that said like the clubs are amazing beautiful like large
2: thanks for listening to today's show
0: Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong, available now at dopehistory.com.